to Literary Anything, our Marian Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Paula. And I am Salma. Welcome to our end of year wrap up 2023 What Books We Love Best episode. Yes, welcome to this train wreck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Let the journey begin, yes. <laughs> it's our favorite episode of the year. We yeah. just talk about all our favorite reads. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I have done some research. I did listen to the one last year that you and Andrea did. So I feel like two things. I'm probably nowhere closer to being informed about it and <laughs> I miss Andrea. Oh, Andrea, if you're listening, we miss you. Yeah, I miss you very much, Andrea. I hope <laughs> you're having a lovely time in Melbourne. Come back. <laughs> we'll have you back <laughs> I did actually Andrea if you are listening I did actually suggest to Paula that you do this like remotely <laughs> and I was like she's not gonna want to do that <laughs> <laughs> well Salma do you want to kick us off with what you've been reading and loving as in like my favorite book for the year or what I've been reading lately because you know what I've been reading the six thinking hats by oh. Edward de Bono <laughs> <laughs> that is is boring. <laughs> yes. we, Selma and I are both reading that because it, as a work thing. Um, yeah, we we've... have a book club, a leadership book club out here at work, which was a really good idea to, to begin with, actually, just in case our bosses listen. Oh, it's a great it's idea. Amazing. We love it. <laughs> I actually do like it. I do. I mean, I like anything where, you know, reading is part of my, reading books is part of my job. Yeah, that, yeah and it's... And it makes sense, like Mm. a bunch of librarians getting together and reading a book, talking about it, and it's a leadership book. It makes perfect sense. It's just, yeah, you know, the downhill run to the end of 2023, it's just there's been so much happening and reading has kind of fallen off the wayside, so, you know... It's a bit of a a reading slump at the moment. I feel like I've been saying that all year or maybe even a bit longer. And I would say TikTok and podcasts are definitely competition for me and part of the reason why I've been struggling with my reading. And actually, the book that ended up being my favorite for the year wasn't even on my Goodreads list. And I realized the reason why is because usually I put in when I start reading the book and then when I finish it. And so it logs it by the date I finished it but because this one I just like gulped down in like hardly any time (laughs) I just put it in as that I'd read it so since I'm talking about it shall I just say what it is yeah tell me so yeah my favorite book for the year is um non-fiction actually it was a memoir it was I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette (gasps) McCurdy oh I loved that right yeah I think we talked about it in the last podcast actually yeah yeah it was so good and who read it again on borrowed books I read the actual book so did Jeanette McCurdy not read it herself no she did yeah that's why it was so good I mean yeah yeah, you gotta love a memoir especially by somebody famous like an actress or a musician reading the book themselves absolutely it's like having that person next to you on your walk or when you're vacuuming yeah telling you interesting stories what's better yeah it's like when you go to an author event and the author reads an excerpt from their book Mm. I remember Chris Hammer did that when he was here and that's like just being in his mind I think I have to say that I did start reading Spare though and Prince Harry actually reads that and it was throwing me off because he kept calling Prince William Willie oh right Willie Willie (laughs) Willie and I met and I was like I can't do this I can't go for 12 hours Prince Harry with you calling him Willie (laughs) so did you stop I stopped (laughs) but I will read it because I think you know juicy Mm. something I did read I don't know if we talked about it last time was Queenie have you read that book before by 
Danielle Steele? No, no. Candice Cardi Williams. And it's Queenie is like an African American oh. um, woman in London, and she's just it. She's just negotiating a breakup and just her life in London and how she goes about trying to better herself and also. I guess it's it's similar to Mamey where she was struggling with her culture in like a western mm. in a western country and she was dating a white man so it was just really hard and she also went through a little bit of a well she went through a breakdown in a mental breakdown in that book sorry I'm laughing because it's actually not allowed like to have mental health issues is not allowed in Africa and it's uh. not allowed in so many cultures mm. where you have to be happy for everything that you've got because you're living the good life. Right. You've got nothing to be sad about and so she does actually battle through that. Yeah, it's just she does a lot of self-destructive things but, yeah, that was probably one of the, the books that I enjoyed reading and I can't believe I read through it because that's sort of generally the book that I don't like but I think because I read Mermaid and I... I really enjoyed that. I persevered through Queenie as well and I think it was worth it. You don't like because it's sad? Well, because I this is really like judgy, but the young women doing such self-destructive things mm. when as a person who's a little bit older, you know that's not going to end well. <laughs> like rocking up to your ex-boyfriend's house in the middle of the night and knocking on his door, mm. you know that's not going to end well. Like surely you, you've watched every Hollywood movie ever <laughs> and know that that's not a good idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Things like that or like te- or texting when you're drunk. Like, right, watching people self-destruct on. and blow yes, up their lives. Yes, right. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We're all young and we've all probably done it. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I cut you off. No, that's all good. So, yeah, Jeanette McCurdy's was my favourite. We both read it. Mm. It was just really honest and vulnerable and interesting. Of course, Jeanette McCurdy was one half of iCarly. She was the blonde actress from iCarly. And then she did Sam and, what was it called? Was it called Sam and Cat? It was called Sam and Cat. Yeah, with Ariana Grande. Um, and just the very tumultuous relationship she had with her mother, who was horribly abusive. And mm. then she was glad when she died, which fair enough, because yeah. she sounded like a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, she was glad, but she it was a big deal as mm. well in yeah. her life because her mum, though she knew she was towards the end of it, she knew she was in like a really toxic relationship with her mum. I think it affected her, like it had a big impact on her when she passed away because you know, that's all you know. Mm. That toxicity is all, all you know. Yeah. yeah. I really liked the idea of young people being able to read that book. And, you know, if you go back and you have a look at Carly and Sam and Kat, you, I guess you kind of make this image of, you know, she's perfect. She's got the perfect figure. She's blonde with those, you know, beach waves. And, you know, she's sassy and she's got the great life. But in actual fact, behind the scenes, it's really complex. And actually what's happening to her is quite horrible when she's got anorexia and no, I think she has bulimia. Mm. And yeah, it's it's not a not a happy life. She becomes a drug user and an alcoholic. So it's great that you have these books out there which people can read and know that, you, you know, you're not always looking at what's on the surface. I guess it's similar to like the Britney book. Like I grew up with Britney mm. and you thought her life was perfect. But then over the years, you start to realise, actually, that's not perfection and her life is not perfect and some horrible things are happening to her. Well, I think, I don't know, fairly early on, it depends on your view of the timeline, but I mm. think it, it became very apparent that life was not 
perfect for her being mm-hmm. chased down True. by the media yeah. and how she was portrayed and the horrible things that people would ask her about her body and mm. and the pressure they put on her to be a virgin and yeah. uh, just yep. really invasive horrible yeah. stuff. What about they, what a horrible time the nineties were? Like if you <laughs> if you're like a high school student like me, everything was about your body and body image, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just absolutely it was huge. Like even the front cover of magazines and and things like that. Like I remember, you know, I used to read Dolly and Girlfriend and then Cosmo when I got a bit older and you'd never see me on there like yeah like, yeah know, that's you'd, right you'd never see you'd they'd always be so thin and airbrushed and yep. usually they were blonde mm-hmm. and perfect everything so it was just yeah. not a, a great time for for young women I think now you look around and I feel like anything goes <laughs> yeah I hope so I don't know like yeah having grown up in that time you know I remember thinking oh the 60s were horrible because yeah. you know racism and <laughs> yes, whatever yeah. I don't know what are we going to be thinking about the 2020s yeah. in 20 years I don't know yeah. technology taking us too far or something well I'll like be that. AI AI yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, so but was, it was a great book it was a really good book yeah. I enjoyed it too yeah yeah yep. Was Queenie your favourite or no. no, that you were just mentioning that in passing, that <laughs> yeah. you enjoyed that one? My favourite, I had so many because, yeah, I think I've said to you before, I'm just trying to catch up to everybody else because you guys have all read these amazing books and um, I'm always shouting out across the workroom, anyone got any book recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> I need something to read. <laughs> and then jumping on Box to try and find it. But there were two. Obviously, I loved Honey Bee by Craig mm. Sylvie. I think that whole coming of age story was just beautifully written. And I did mention last time that there didn't seem to be like a highs and lows, like everything just just was compounding on this poor kid like and he was going through a transition as well so yeah it was it was a tough read but I actually really enjoyed that in the book and I and I said to you that you know I messaged you and said tell me something good happens and it did so that was great (laughs) kind of (laughs) but my favorite book because I love a good procedural crime Mm. I love a murder mystery I love a whodunit because when I was little, I was a nerd and I read Agatha Christie and Nancy Drew and <laughs> all of those things. My favourite book was a book called The Institute by Helen Fields. Oh, I don't know this one. Yeah, well, I accidentally came up across her book before this one called Last Girl to Die, which was really good. So I started Googling her and The Institute came out earlier this year. And basically it, it follows Connie Woolwine, who is a... A psychiatrist and she goes into this high security ward for the criminally insane and they've committed some really heinous crimes and this particular prison or ward is it's set in England like it's like a little island in the middle of a rough sea so you can only get there by helicopter it's kind of like an Alcatraz mm. but in Europe and it's very creepy and dark and because it's in the UK the weather's always cruddy and it's always raining so basically a crime happens there so one of the nurses is murdered but the nurse was pregnant, so they've lost – they found the nurse, but they've lost the baby. So oh she's got to try and find the baby, yeah. So she goes on and she she interviews all the pa- the patients and they don't know exactly why she's there, but she, she talks to them all. And then Connie, she, she gets put into um, some really bad situations where she's got to try and trust these um, serial killers, psychopaths, to help her out and it's just it's just really really well written and it's a classic who done it and it sounds right up your alley yeah, yeah. i know Sama you're smiling it. at me like, Sama loves really a murderer like yeah, I 
<laughs> yeah, and it yeah, it really had me the whole time. And I think I probably listened to it over like two or three days, trying to just jam it in on the car ride home at night when I was working, and, you know, vacuuming, whatever. So yeah, and they call Helen Fields the Queen of Noir, and uh. she she really is because the book before it was equally as good. So they mm. were like the the toss up for my two oh. two favorites. Yeah. Was that a contemporary novel? Was it set in present day? Or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It, mm. it was. It was really well written and creepy, and yeah, oh, I, I really creepy. enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now we're going to talk about what our favorite book of the podcast books that we've read Mm. and we don't have as many to choose from since we changed the format so we have half as many to choose from as usual (laughs) and also because we've been kind of switching up podcast hosts as well this year it's not Selma and I have not read all of the books I think the one book that neither of us read is Wayward by Amelia Hart Griff and Andrea read that mm. book. They didn't have good things to say, though, so I doubt that that no would way. have been our favorite. It wasn't, even. it wasn't selling me the book, that's no. for sure. Especially given that I think they talked about each of the timelines of the women, you're expecting something good to happen, and it just never did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that wasn't really didn't really sell it for me. Yeah, but same. save me some time, so thanks, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, we can't love everything and no. we yeah. give our honest opinion here on the podcast. Yeah. For me, I, I did my runner up and my runner up was Storylines by Carrie Cox, which we ah, read together. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. really loved the writing on this one. It was about Ness, who was in a tragic accident that left her scarred both physically and emotionally and about her starting a wellness retreat. And about her relationship with her niece and how things, speaking about how things look on the outside, how things present on social media and what's going on underneath. Yeah, Yeah. beautiful writing. So that was my runner up. But my favorite, easy, and I think this might have even been my favorite of all the books I read this year, even more than I'm Glad My Mom Died, Mm. Yellow Face by R.F. Kwan. Yeah. Okay, let's chat about this. Okay. Tell me why. Okay. Mm. Just to remind everyone, this was about a Caucasian author who has this kind of frenemy relationship Mm. with this Asian author who is like a literary superstar and has all the success that the other author doesn't. And then right at the beginning of the novel, well, close to the beginning of the novel, the um, Asian author dies and Mm. the Caucasian author steals her manuscript and passes it off as her own. And I just... I was glued to this storyline and I think because it mimicked a lot of what has been happening in the culture, in the literary culture, Mm -hmm. and so if you've kind of been you know, keeping abreast of all of those sorts of things going on via social media and the news and whatever, you recognize a lot of those things. Like, I think pretty much all of the sort of twists and turns, it's fair to say that it's been based on something that actually happened in real life. Yeah. And so I found that the way she wove that into the story to be very intriguing and satisfying to be able to recognize those storylines. And I just thought it was really clever and I loved the commentary on race and mm. ethnicity in mm-hmm. publishing about who gets to tell what stories. I enjoyed thinking on those topics yeah. and yeah. the yeah the kinds of thoughts that that, that elicited yeah. in reading it. It was really interesting, and this book was easy to read. Yes, like I, I think I read it in like a weekend, and we were um, like camping or something, so it was super easy to read. Very pacey. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So I think like. While it was twisty and turning, it was actually moving really, really fast. But the ending, Paula, I just felt like it just sort of fizzled out. Okay. And the next day I came into work on the Monday and I talked to um, Jazz and Emily about it. And I was like, what did you think? (laughs) 
<laughs> kind of like what you did this morning. Yeah, yeah. I did that this morning on another it, book. It was it was really good to read, but it just for me the ending fizzled out. I would have liked something a bit more more punchy. She just goes on to write like the next book. Right. Yeah. And as I said to them, we were talking about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow about mm. Gabrielle Seven this morning and and it, similarly it kind of peters out a bit at the end oh sorry spoilers but yeah as I said to them I don't like my books to be all tied up in a bow at the end so that was okay with me and I think I think that was with storylines as well it wasn't really tied up in a bow because I think I would have liked a second like what happened to them next right yeah Yeah, and this is this is the real reflection on who we are as people (laughs) because I love that true crime tick we know who did yes. it we know how it happened we know where it happened you know like a cluedo mystery whereas you're okay with it you like the story and you like to learn the characters and get to know the people yeah i definitely mm. like a character driven novel and i like things to be true to life and in life things don't get tied up in a bow at the end people just kind of soldier on yeah. so which is probably why you know that podcast that you recommended to me about oh yes in other people's like being in other people's business <laughs> probably why you love it so much and i'm like oh so i recommend <laughs> <laughs> Esther Perel's Where Do We Begin? For anyone who likes sticking their nose in other, other people's, people's relationship business. business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, yes, it I was, mean, yeah. It, uh, look, both of those were really good books, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day. And they were, I think in this day and age, it's it's lovely to um, have so many pacey, fast books mm. that you can you can get through and they still have really interesting content and things that are, that are current mm. as well and deal with some of those social issues so yeah to remind me of the books again there was yellow face grace tames life of a diamond miner i listened to the podcast of grace tame i didn't read the book but i loved what andrea said about her Mm. about she'd never had a platform to tell her story in her own way in her own words so while the book lacked structure like you said it was grace's way of taking control of the narrative um but that didn't make me want to read the book. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, God, if Paula doesn't like it, there's no way I'm going to that like, I didn't like it. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's neurodiverse. It was, I found yeah. it a bit challenging to read. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, I don't have a runner-up, but my favourite of um, those books, and I read four of them, was Mamey. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I think she's just so lovable and likeable and the way that she uses Google to, to search everything, which we all do, <laughs> it was just... Yeah, I really kind of felt for her a bit there as well because she was also from like an African descent and living in in London and just trying to navigate, I guess, the pressure of having the the cultural expectations of of being from, I think she was from Nigeria, and then trying to, to live in a Nigerian way in quite the Western world was yeah I think that would have been incredibly difficult and I think for me being Fijian Indian and came to Australia when I was four and then you have your cultural expectations but you're living in this really western world so I, I can identify with the conflict that she had she's living in a very in a different time than me where she's got access to Google and a friendship group that yeah is really supportive of her but I just really identified with her and I think that despite the fact she did do a few self-destructive things, mm. she was really a likeable character. And I can see, I think there were some talks about 
it being made into a movie or a mini series, and I I can totally see mm. something like that because she's a bit goofy and a bit goofball and you know navigating through her coming of age, even though it happens a little bit later for her in life. Sounds like there's some similarities between Mame and Queenie. Queenie. Yeah. Mm. So when I listened to Sasha and Andrea do the podcast for Mame, Andrea had mentioned that it had some parallels with Queenie, right. which is why I put. Queenie on hold with Borrowbox because right. Andrea always has these great book book recommendations that are quick as well. Right, yeah, like, she she's loves good to for read that, a quick yeah. book. Yeah, and Queenie was that, and Queenie was yeah. I think yeah. Queenie was pretty mm. pretty quick, and it was just an easy read. Um, mm. Yeah, so that was probably my favorite for the year. Mm, I'm feeling a, a representation conversation coming up again because growing up when you did. Did you have those books that had no, characters in them that you not. could identify no. with? Yeah. No. Yeah. No way, Jose. Yeah, it's it's a different world now, I think. Mm-hmm. Even when you go and have a look at picture books. Right. Like there are people of colour in there and there are, you know, alternative um, names for mums and dads and grandparents and things like that. So you, you wouldn't have that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up calling my dad Bar. So everything would be like Happy Father's Day and or Happy Dad's Day and, you know, I love my dad. It would never have like Ba or Baba or any of the different um, languages. But now you can find that 100%. Like you could go to Target and there would be a book probably written by – well, there is a book written by an AFL footballer <laughs> and it's I Love My Baba and I'm Aww. like, God, oh, that's so cute. And I have a friend who – her husband is Jordanian and the kids call – the kids called Dad Baba, and I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, you have to get this book!" Because when I was little, you could never get books like this. You have to get this. She was like, "I'm at Marion now. I'll meet you there." <laughs> <laughs> that must be because I, I think in Chinese culture they say, "Yeah, Baba I think it's very well. common." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's common, and I'm not, sh- and you know, and I guess it would be the same. Like if you were from Europe and you came here and you were calling your grandma Nona, now you would see those mm. in. In books, definitely. So, yeah, you never did in my time when yeah. I was young. Yeah, it's so important. Like you can imagine, for grown women like us, like mm. I still feel like that. We were talking about the book tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and the character in that is half Asian and oh. half Caucasian. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why mm. I wanted to read it. And yeah, like so, everybody's talking about that book. Is it worth the read? I loved the first half of it. There were a mm. lot of things about it that I really that really drew me in. One that the character is half Asian, half white. The some of the other things are that even though I'm not a gamer, it's it's a lot about gaming, and I don't want that to put people off because I'm not a gamer and I was totally into the book to to begin with. Yeah. But like the one game that I did play was Super Mario Brothers. So <laughs> they talked a lot about Super Mario Brothers at the beginning, so I could relate yep. to that. Yep. And also, I think this is a North American thing because I asked my partner, he didn't know anything about it, but there was a game called Oregon Trail that mm. it was like a an educational game in the 80s that we all played that was like I think DOS based, really really basic, yep. but yeah, I Well, if you're a child in Australia in the 80s, you probably played Oh, no, this might have been 90s. You probably played Raftaway River, Granny's Garden, <laughs> or uh, Where in the World is Come in San Diego, which now is a cartoon on Netflix. Oh, right. That's yeah. why I've heard of it because yeah. of those other things. I and they like the of. trail where you get clues. and Yeah, you, and you like, go you along. Go to, yeah. And the, well, these are the like, pioneers like in this country and you have to try and not get dysentery and die. Oh, wow. <laughs> So those things pulled me in and I love a coming of age um, storyline, which this had. But 
I don't know, it lost me a bit towards the end. Mm. Uh, our two other colleagues who read it, they both loved it. So um, Yeah, everyone I've spoken to has loved it yeah. as well. And mm. yeah, and I think I told you I started it. Right. But I think I might just have to borrow the book. <laughs> <laughs> then do this one with borrowing the book so yeah I'll that's another one who's supposed that's supposed to be made into a movie and i would oh, really? totally watch that yeah, yeah. It, it would be good yeah mm. i just find the movies are always disappointing though compared <laughs> to when you book. read the book mm, yeah depends mm. have you can you think of one i knew you were going to ask me that yeah. i know there is one and i know we've <laughs> somewhere we've in talked the world about it. there is no, but one movie no we talked about it on the, the podcast as well <laughs> Yeah. Come back to me. Well, now is the time in this end of your podcast where I reveal to you, Salma. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes, I that's what I'm going to yes. I swear I have not looked at anything. No. And I'm not out in the library that often, like doing customer service, so I wouldn't know, but I can have a guess. So what we okay. do is we get our ICT people to pull the stats for the top most borrowed adult nonfiction and adult fiction books of oh, 2023. Shall we start with nonfiction? Oh my God, no, because I don't <laughs> think I know. Is it? Can I, can I just ask some clues to narrow it down? I'll give you a clue to start off with. Yeah. It's a book you've mentioned in the podcast. Oh, I'm already. glad my mum died, Jeanette McCurdy. No. no. Okay. That, that's Spare. Sorry, we're talking about top five. That, uh. that I'm glad my mum died is in the top ten. Okay. We're talking about top, top five. five. And yes, Spare, Spare is number one. Is number one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. God, what is it about a royal? Everyone <laughs> loves a royal. Everyone loves the juicy gossip yes, it's, yeah. it's it is on my i yeah i think i still will listen to it despite willie willie <laughs> <laughs> i think it's still and i can't remember what he says does he call he says something about granny? his todger granny willie and pa i think he oh. calls um king charles pa oh that's yeah, cute it's cute yeah mm. Yeah, but weird. <laughs> <laughs> so Spare was number one. So Spare was number one. I, I feel well like... Then. What's that? I did well then. You did? Yeah. I feel like that's maybe the only one that you could guess. Probably. I feel like you could Is, not guess well, the other ones. You know, Matthew Perry passed away, so I was wondering if he was in there. Surprisingly not. No, okay. Mm. What about Brittany? Wait, are they are these biographies? They don't have to be. They're just no. any adult nonfiction. I don't yeah. reckon Brittany was out soon enough to be on this list. I reckon if okay. she came out in July, probably, yeah. but yeah. no, not um, Brittany. Atomic Habits? Yes. Yes. Atomic Habits was number four. How did you know that? I I'm wouldn't have thought that that titles. would still be, oh, okay. I wouldn't um, have thought it would still be on. Yes. And that is something. Is it James? Who, who wrote Atomic Habits? Is it on there? James Clear. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I started Atomic Habits as well. Oh, yes. And what are you, what are you thinking? That I find it really hard to maintain anything. Yes. <laughs> Hence why I need to read Atomic Habits. And I stopped halfway through. <laughs> I really yeah. need that book. I really <laughs> need to read it. I mean, it makes so much sense and he makes it seem so easy. Yeah, I, I get you have to make these little tiny changes mm. to better your life. So then it, it, it just becomes yeah ingrained yeah. That, it, mm -hmm. that it sticks, that it's just your everyday yeah, but that's still hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I know. I read it and I was like, I'm yep. totally doing this. Yeah. Do I do any of those things? No. 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 <laughs> is the Jay Shetty one there, the five? Uh, that's actually number 10. Okay. Yeah. There is another memoir in here, but it's oh. not one I would have thought. Really? A yeah. memoir? Was it on that trending titles? I think it was. And I think we did a book face with it. Oh, but really? But it was quite some time ago. 
Oh, so is it maybe Sam Neill? Yeah, that's yes. right. Yep. Yeah, it's his memoir is called Did I Ever Tell You This? Oh, okay. So that yep. was number five. So we've got five with Sam Neill, four was Atomic Habits, oh, one was Spare. Tell, so it's just, just two tell and me the three. Other two. Just yeah. tell me. One's a cookbook, which is the recipe Tin Eats Dinner, which I saw everywhere by Nagi Mayahashi. No. Yeah, you would recognize the cover if you saw it. It was okay. blue. I think she's got her and her dog. Uh, Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, I saw yeah. that everywhere. Haven't looked at it. No, I don't know much about would, it. I would never have guessed that that was yeah, being borrowed. That was yeah. number three. And then number two was Just One Thing by Dr. Michael Mosley. I don't know that. How Simple Changes Can Transform Your Life. It sounds a little bit similar to Atomic, Atomic Habits. Habits. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens to be what we need to do this year. Next year will be something different. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you were reading in nonfiction, what you were borrowing. And now... Well done, people. Yes. You're obviously looking to change your life. Change your life and... and Get juicy gossip and be a good cook. (laughs) All good things. I don't know about the gossip, but... Yeah. yeah. Now, do we want to talk about fiction? I feel like... Do you think I'll get it? You definitely get a couple of these for sure. I'm going to... Dictionary of Lost Words. No, oh, it's but not in there. <gasps> it's the uh, bookbinder of Jericho. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Bookbinder of Jericho was number four. Four by Pip Williams, mm. of course. Her fourth wing. No fourth wing. Oh, that was I huge. Think, yeah, you were talking to Emily about fourth yes. wing. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's huge. What it's, is it? It's by Rebecca somebody, but it was huge. Like I follow a lot of bookstagrammers, and it was quite quite big. Fourth wing. So you would know it. It's got the gold cover. And it is, I think I spoke to Nissa about it at MCC. Shout out, Nissa. She said it was like a... Rebecca a cro- Yaros. Yaros, that's yeah. it. I was going to say Karos, but I knew that was wrong. She said it's like a cross between How to Train Your Jag- Dragon and Game of Thrones. Ah. And yeah, all the, all of the bookstagrammers have been talking about it. And the sequel has just come out ah. called Iron Flame. Mm. <laughs> it's fantasy, though. I've never read fantasy. Yeah, so it sounds very kind of Court of Thorn and Roses kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, so I did and say the- to the girls one, one day, like in the workroom, if I was to read one fantasy book, because it's not my genre, mm. what should I read? And that was the what they'd suggested, okay. Fourth Wing. Yeah. Right. Well, mm. no, that did not make the top ten or five. Okay, I don't know if I'll get this. Is it something I would have read? Yes. Number five, you've read. Have I? Yes. Is it something that's a podcast book? No. No, but I've read it. Oh, is it Honeybee, Jasper no. Jones? No. No. Uh, you, oh, read, you talked yes, a lot about I it. Know. Um, God, now I can't remember it. Always oh, said how much it destroyed yeah, I love you. It. Lessons in chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Lessons in chemistry by Bonnie Garmus was yeah. number five. Okay, what was number three? Um, these two are always in our top five. Oh, really? Yep. Boring. Michael Connolly, <laughs> Desert Star. Oh. No plan B, Andrew Grant and Lee Child. They always have to be in there every I year. Like Lee Child and Michael Conley or those specific no, books? No, no, those two authors are oh, always yeah. in our top five. Yeah. Lee Child. No, James Patterson, get out. No, James Patterson. <laughs> Come but on, Marion Libraries. Always in there. <laughs> yeah. And then number one, Ooh. do you want to have a guess? Friend of the Marion Library. Oh, is it Jane Harper? No. She was here in January. Was it January? Well, now I can't remember. But anyway, she's yeah. been here this year. That's amazing. Um, she's very prolific. She's very gregarious and such a good storyteller. She does This is really fantasy. bad because I she feel does. like everybody's like that. <laughs> All mm, the authors mystery. have been lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. I'm so sorry. Apologies. Fiona McIntosh. Oh, right. Which yeah. book? Dead Tide, which is Dead the one Tide. that she oh, talked to that, us about. Yes. And we've got on the podcast. So if you... I would never have guessed that. Yeah, number one. Do you think that's because it's based on the York Peninsula? 
Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it does have that South Australian yeah. connection. I actually did. That was a physical book that's been signed by Fiona McIntosh. Thank you. And <laughs> I did start reading it, but I, for some reason I stopped. But I think it just was one of those ones where I got distracted by something else. But that is like a crime novel, so obviously yes. I'll go back to You'll that You'll get one. back to it. That might yeah. be a good summer read. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, my to-be-read pile is absolutely huge mm. because we've had some amazing authors this year. And, of course, I've bought a book. And <laughs> when we had Chris Hammer, I think I bought the whole trilogy of his. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's there's a lot. Plus, I've got on there The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart oh, yes, on my bedside table. A series. Yes. Yeah. And then mm. I've got one that I'm dying to read. So, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Let's I talk guess. about it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why wait? Yeah. Well, this is another <laughs> recommendation from Nissa. She recommended in the lives of puppets i actually asked her to get a whole heap of books just across different genres she's quite well read and and does read different genres for a book display that we wanted to do for alicia aiken radburn because we were doing a data book and so one of the books that she had on there was called in the lives of puppets by tj clune and basically it is a fantasy book so i've never read in the fantasy well i don't usually read in the fantasy genre so this will be interesting but basically there it's about like a a modern day Pinocchio, and mm. the, but everyone's a robot except for one Victor who is a human. So yeah, it just sounded similar to Pinocchio, and I wanted to mm. to give that one a go, like a modern retelling, maybe. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think so. And Nissa, she does great book recommendations here, so I um, am happy to read whatever she what suggests. she suggests. Yeah. Oh, good one. Yeah. What about you? What do you want to read? Well, um, like we talked about, I. Also a culprit of like starting a million books and not finishing them. So I was <laughs> looking at all the books I've started that I want to continue with. Mm. So and one of them is Storytellers by Lee Sales. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. So this is nonfiction. Of course, huge, huge Lovely Lee Sales story. fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so of course she wrote Any Ordinary Day, which is one of my mm. favorite books of all time. Mm. Um, I think she's brilliant. So she's written this book where she's basically approached other journalists like Annabelle Crabb, Trent oh, Dalton. No, another one of your besties. Another one of my besties <laughs> that they don't know that they're my bestie, yeah. but they are. <laughs> Sorry, um, Annabelle Crabb, if you want to take a restraining order out on, <laughs> yeah. on your stalker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah Trent Dalton Richard Feidler David Spears Stan Grant so people like that she's gone to to ask about the craft of journalism and mm. so it's the kind of book that you could pick up and kind of flip through and go to any um, oh beautiful yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't have to read it sequentially which is I think kind of good in the holidays yeah. to be able to grab a book like that when you don't have like a heap of time or maybe you you know you can't like necessarily wrap your head around a whole big long storyline yeah. um so Something yeah short and punchy Andrea yeah. would like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so that's on my bedside yes. table and yeah. I plan to dive back into that as soon as I can have you read any Trent Dalton I read Boy Swallows Universe okay and yeah, yeah. did you love it amazing mm. yeah. yeah wow it's just it's it, it's a, it was a saga it was a mm. lot yeah. Um, did you read that one? I didn't read that one. I read Love Stories where he set oh, up yes. a typewriter yeah. in, in the middle of Brisbane, in, I think in the mall there, mm. and people just come and sit down and tell their love stories. I mean, I heard him talk about that at mm. Writer's Week, was it this year or last year, and he, he just seems so beautiful. Yeah. 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 And he's just done a new one, Lola in the Sky. That's right. Yeah, Is that's that on our trending called? titles. Yeah. 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 
Mm. Yeah. Speaking of short, punchy ones, there is another book I am thinking about. Well, I do. I am looking forward to it coming out, but it's probably not your typical kind of read, sit down and read. Earlier this year, I read a book by, by Simon Taylor, who's a comedian, and the book was called One Night Stand. And it's basically a, a really quick, <laughs> Andrea, it's really <laughs> a, a quick read and it actually made me laugh out loud. That was It was that funny because he is a comedian, mm. but it's around just the dumbness of it and around men not being aware of, you know, women's hormones and ovulation and babies and cycles. So as the, <laughs> as the title suggests, he has a one night stand. So he's flown into Perth. He lives in Melbourne. He's flown into Perth. He's had a one night stand with somebody. This young woman's called him a couple of weeks later and said that, you know, she's late, but she's explaining to him that actually she had relations with a couple of um, men within him and another man within a couple of days of each other. And he could be the father. He might not be the father. So he starts Googling everything around, (laughs) as you do, who doesn't Google? (laughs) Poor guy. You know, he's trying to work out, well, you know, when did she ovulate? When did they... When did they have sex? Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's just like a minefield of information and he's just trying to navigate through that. But in the end, spoiler alert, he's not the the father so he goes off like he gets this opportunity to go off and work in LA for a little while so yeah he learns he's not the father and he jumps on the plane and he goes but he's still all in and he wants to help out and and be there for the person he's since then gone on to get married and he and his wife who his wife's an artist they're about to release a book called um things no one tells you about babies and it's him, him and his wife so he's um, they've just had a baby and it's um, him writing down all these funny anecdotes that happen and all these things that happen and his wife illustrating those things. But it's to not freak new parents out. <laughs> so he's used this whole, I guess, this thing that happened to him about being freaked out and Googling things and not knowing to then turn it into a really positive experience for, for new parents. But it's still probably hilarious so he's <laughs> that's got, amazing I know, what he's, a fantastic yeah, premise it's a good I love idea that. and he's got one of these things to go and it says baby's breathing is all over the place it's not a regular pattern so don't be alarmed if they don't breathe for a few seconds before taking a bunch of quick breaths this is just their cute little way of scaring a few years off your life <laughs> <laughs> so true yeah so newborn baby's eyes aren't a team yet while one is looking forward the other might be going rogue this is perfectly normal like these are the kinds of things you do worry about when you have a baby for sure yes i do want to read that and i think that would be like a good gift to give to like first time parents i just think it would be one of those things that you just add in your little baby basket so much less dry than what to expect when you're expecting to imagine (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i've read that one as well is that Oh no, sorry, it's up up the duff. Oh, up the duff. That's a yeah. I can't remember. Australian it is. One. Yeah. So yeah. there's a couple that that are coming out that are probably not my usual, but looking forward to reading them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know what else I started that I haven't finished? Tell and I me. T- I love these. Always lessons in chemistry. Which oh what? Oh, I can I, understand that. I was reading it on holiday and I dropped it in the bath. <laughs> So I had to buy it. <laughs> it's the library copy. Oh, was <laughs> so I had to pay for it. So now you I work own at the it. Library. No one's going to say anything. Oh, cl- I have to do the right thing. Oh, you do. Yeah. You're a rule follower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you. So I now own it, and even though I was not enjoying it, I just heard my besties Annabelle Crab and Lee Sales mm. talking in their podcast about how they loved it. So I got to give it another try. Oh, I definitely. did not like the anthropomorphic dog. 
Oh, it was right. really bugging me. Yeah. I don't know. There were a bunch of things that were bugging me about it, but I'm going to give it a second shot. What bugged you about it? I just did not like the f- the way that that dog had human thoughts. Yeah. Bugged me. Yeah, okay. I don't know why I could not suspend my disbelief but you, but for that love, dog. Like, I yeah, love dogs. You, yeah, and you, you – well, yes, you love dogs. And I love a book with the dog. And you love, like, characters. Oh, yeah, for you, sure. You do, you do love – and there's, like, a rich character in there. I thought he was actually – a good narrator type person but I what think was happening. What I love about dogs is that they're not human, yeah. but they're dogs and they <laughs> don't have the kinds of thoughts that humans have. Yeah. yeah. So I, again, sorry guys, I did listen to it on a podcast and at the end of the podcast they interviewed the author and apparently her dog, she lived in America and they lived in Germany for a little bit of time and so her dog did understand English commands and then when she started Speaking German, her dog understood German commands oh, too. And I was so like, smart. well, there you go. That's where 630 had come from. The, that's the oh, name right. of the dog. Mm. Yeah. Um, I Maybe I'm jealous because my dog's not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> Your dog has looks. It doesn't need to yeah. be smart. <laughs> <laughs> she is adorable. <laughs> yeah, I would persevere. Okay. And I think they have actually made a series of that too yes. now. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So maybe you don't need to Yeah, persevere. maybe I just watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have other um, ones that you're looking forward to? No. Well, no. Not I have yet. a couple that I don't know anything about, but I okay. just heard that they're good that I've got on yep. my to-be-red pile. One's called The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donoghue. This is not about friends, is it? I, no, no. It's <laughs> not about friends. I know that. I, I literally do not know anything about these books, but... That and Something Bad is Going to Happen by Jesse Stevens. Those are those ones are already out. Yeah, I've got a couple books that are coming out in 2024 that I have blurbs for that we could maybe talk about yeah, unless there are other sure. books that no, you... Tell me. One is Come and Get It by Kylie Reid. Mm. So this is coming out in January. Kylie Reid wrote Such a Fun Age, which was long-listed for the 2020 uh, Booker Prize. Yeah. Um, and I read this one, really liked it. It's American. It's about a babysitter who's a person of color who is um, working, f- yeah, working <laughs> for a white family. Ooh. And at the beginning of the novel, she's mistaken for um, kidnapping her young charge, which oh, she absolutely no. is not doing. Yeah. Yes. So that novel I would compare to Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, which yep. was another favorite of mine. Yeah. But this one is, I, as I said, it's called Come and Get It. And here's a little blurb. Mm. It'll take you right back to college as a residential assistant finds herself entangled with a visiting professor in more ways than one. This is a story of indiscretions and gray areas, power dynamics and privilege that's wound as tight as a violin string. Just don't forget to breathe while you're reading. Oh, maybe How we good need to do that sound? for the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So that was one I thought sounded good. The other one is The Work by Brie Lee. Mm. So Brie Lee famously wrote Eggshell Skull, which is about her experience with the Queensland justice system, and which is a, a work of nonfiction. Yeah. So that was her navigating the justice system at first as a law student, then as a judge's associate in a law firm, and then finally from the other side of the courtroom. So that was... Um, fierce, eloquent, brave, vulnerable memoir. Mm, mm. This is her first stab at writing fiction. Okay. So this, it says, the work follows Lally, a successful and independent young gallery owner who isn't looking for a relationship. When she meets Pat, an Australian traditional art specialist at a show in New York, she figures he's going home soon and he's a good distraction. 
Over the next six months, Pat and Lally find themselves orchestrating trips back and forth between New York and Sydney so they can see each other, despite neither being brave enough to admit how much they're falling for each other. Aww. So I just thought it would be Romantic. interesting to yeah yes. to read Bree's first fiction novel and we did try and get her here to Marion oh yeah, did you yeah we did but she's only making one stop in Adelaide and unfortunately it's not oh. with us <laughs> that's a shame yeah what about you Selma do you have things that you're looking forward to in the new year to reading yeah no <laughs> I actually I'm looking forward to having some time and some space to actually read in general I feel like the Last quarter of this year has just been so manic. We've had so many things on. So I'm just looking forward to having some space to be able to really be present for my team because I feel like I haven't done that and also for my family and then for myself. Mm. I probably should have put myself first there. But, yeah, it just – I think we all kind of need a a little breather, Mm. don't we? For sure, for sure. So the the two books that I did say with Simon Taylor and – well, Simon Taylor's a quick read, Fourth Wing. I don't think that's a quick read because it's sitting in my pigeonhole at the moment and it's massive. Massive. Oh, no. Massive. Oh, well, keep you busy. Yeah, I'm (laughs) hoping it's an easy read. And in the lives of puppets, I'm hoping it's an easy read as well. And the other book we have that we're going to be reading for the podcast in February is The Reading List by Sarah Nisha Adams. Now, this is not a new book. It came out in 2020. But when Selma and I were talking about what book we should read for library lovers, (laughs) of course, library lovers is Valentine's Day, Day, 14th. February, but in library land, we know it as Library Lovers Day. And I thought, what better? Uh, this book, it was everywhere in 2020, and yet somehow I didn't read it. So, it. yeah, mm-hmm. I thought, Under what a perfect radar. opportunity to read a book that I think sounds like it's just perfect for Library Lovers Day because it's about, as the title suggests, a reading list, a reading list of library books that that through this list there is a chance encounter of two people who form a relationship, from what I understand. But oh, wow. I think it's a lot about reading about libraries and a love of those things. So I thought it was perfect. Yeah, and did you say it was a little bit about intergenerational yes. programs or opportunities or relationships? I or? just thought, no, it, yeah, relationships, relationships for sure. Okay. It could fit into it. Salma and I recently, or this past year got a grant mm. to fund some intergenerational programming and I thought that this book fit in perfectly with yeah. that because it is about that sort yep. of relationship. Oh, so. brilliant. Looking forward to it. It's on my desk. It shall go straight to the top of my be red pile. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I think that's it for us for 2023. Is there, are there any final thoughts you have, Selma? Yeah, look, um, I think it's really important as women that we make some time for ourselves to to read and look after ourselves and our own mental health. Yeah, and I just wanted to say to all of the listeners out there that thank you for your support over the inception of this podcast because this did start with um, Paula and Jane and it's one of those brilliant ideas that Paula's had here for Marion Libraries and she's had quite a few. Yes, I just wanted to say thank you guys for, for being so loyal and continuing to listen. We know we've had a few changes in terms of what we are offering you at the moment and we've had a few different people doing the podcast but now we're hoping to um, to continue this sort of format with Paula and myself and you know we're hoping that you guys will stay loyal Yeah, and just, just keep reading and my very last thing to say is just look after each other and you know look after yourselves on especially on the roads in South Australia we've had some really horrific times over the last you know two to three weeks so just look after each other and yeah look after yourself 
Fantastic note to end on. Yeah, Yeah. you too, Selma. Mm. Thanks, everyone. And have a happy holiday and rest of 2023. Yes. Nearly there. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Anyway, just cut all that out, Jazz. Never mind. Hopefully you've got 45 minutes of content in here somewhere. (laughs) Not even 40. Oh, my God, we've talked for 55 minutes. Yeah. Shivers. There's a lot of energy. (laughs) The City of Marion acknowledges that the Literary Anything podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people and recognizes the Ghana people as the traditional custodians of the land.